Welcome to the Jumpstart Your Faith podcast channel, where you will receive the essential tools to take your faith to the next level. I am your host, Brian Ratliff, and I currently pastor Clearbrook Baptist Church in Roanoke, Virginia. Here is the latest message preached from one of our services. Grab your Bible, pen, notepad, and get ready to jumpstart your faith. What's up, guys? Pastor Brian here. I am so pumped about introducing a friend of mine, Chase Witten, here with us today on the show. Uh, but before we get into all that, I want to share with you that today we're going to be talking about evangelism. Has evangelism changed? What about our methods? What about our approach? How can we evangelize in 2018? So this is the title of the podcast episode today, How to Evangelize in 2018 with Chase Witten. And uh, Chase, we're so honored to have you here on the show. And before we kind of get going with all this evangelism stuff, uh, would you be uh, up for sharing with, sharing with us how you became a Christian? Yes, sir, absolutely. We, uh, I grew up under the sound of the gospel message. Uh, my parents were uh, faithful in taking my sister and I to uh, church uh, Sunday morning, Sunday nights, Wednesday nights. And so I grew up under the sound of gospel preaching. And so that was a continual planting of seed. And I was saved at a young age, at the age of 12. I received wow. the Lord Jesus Christ Amen. as my Savior, my pastor Bill Fox. I was there preaching the day I was saved. I couldn't tell you his, his text, but I can tell you his topic was Jesus. Amen. That's and, good. Uh, it, was, it was a wonderful day. I look back on it and think about it. And God gives us a, a memory uh, for uh, different reasons, but to reflect back on God's faithfulness in our life and knowing that God loved me when I was unlovable. Amen, brother. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, praise the Lord. Now, where did you grow up? Uh, small town, Jumping Branch, West Virginia. Jumping it, Branch, West Virginia. Yes, it's southern part, um, 30 minutes or so from Beckley, West okay. Virginia. Right on. That's awesome. Now, with that in mind, would you be able to just elaborate on how God called you into ministry? Yes, that's, uh, you know, being saved uh, at the age of 12, and our, my spiritual life began. Uh, you know, some people have the idea when you're saved, life's over, you can't have any more fun, mm -hmm. you know, that sort of thing. But that's when my life really began. Mm, wow. And there was some years, some real roller coaster years, ups and downs, um, you know, growing slowly. I was on the road quite a bit, racing motocross from coast to coast. Uh, all across America, and I've carried my Bible with me. I'd go to church in different places from time to time, but uh, my racing career, per se, uh, all came to an end in 2004, mm. and I really felt like God was leading me to do something different, but I didn't know what it was. And so through some different people, uh, I had some opportunities to go out and start knocking doors, opportunity to speak at a nursing home and uh, I can't necessarily say there was a specific day that God called me okay but I know that God put a desire in my heart mm. for full-time just all-out service in the gospel ministry mm. and so the desire just kept growing and swelling and I uh, started getting opportunity to preach and study the word of God and I was hungry for it and uh, so it I don't necessarily want to say it evolved, but it just mm -hmm. 
I realized God put a desire in my heart to preach, reach people with the gospel. Amen. Amen. That's awesome. Praise the Lord. Now, how did we meet? Let the audience know how we met. Yeah, how we met is uh, <laughs> uh, back to our college days. Yeah. Crown College, Knoxville, Tennessee, under leadership, pastor of um, uh, Pastor Clarence Sexton. Uh, I had, in my wildest of dreams, I never would imagine I'd be in Bible college <laughs> to begin with. Yeah, I know what you mean there. <laughs> and I think it was um, 2009. Yeah. 2009. Fall semester 2009. Yeah, fall semester 2009. I was um, a resident assistant with just, it simply means that we were kind of a, a help and a guide over dorm life. Mm -hmm. um, and the Mr. Reverend, <laughs> Reverend Ratliff <laughs> yeah. no, no, awesome. uh, showed up and it was just immediately, you know, I met some of your family that day. You right. seemed like a legit guy. Uh, you're there for the Lord. Um, you're always uh, so much fun to have in the dorm. Uh, there's lots of other guys there, uh, lots of memories there. Yeah, for I, sure. I think maybe that first week we blew something up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, that was uh, uh, quite, that was an interesting Saturday. But yeah. I remember when, when I first came, got into the lodge, that dorm, the dormitory that we were staying in, um, my grandmother came with my parents and I. And you started talking to my grandmother, and, and she said, well, where are you from? Because she liked your accent. <laughs> and you said, well, I'm from this little town you probably never heard of before called Jumping Branch. And my grandma goes, I know right where that is. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so, so it's a small world, man. It's really cool. My, my grandfather, well, my step-grandfather, her husband, kind of grew up in a similar area out there uh, in West Virginia. So, and then my dad's side of the family grew up out there. So small world, man. It's really cool. Yeah. Bible college is how we met, and and uh, the first Saturday there, him and the other RA were blowing up this stuff, and the other RA barely threw the little rocket up in the air or whatever he had, and it and it blew up like five feet in the air before it got up so high. And I thought to myself, Lord have mercy, what did I get myself into? Yeah, <laughs> those are great days. Um, you know, just thinking about about that. You know, uh, dorm life. When you come to Bible college, you think most everyone, you know, saved or there to serve the Lord. But and we've seen the Lord work in our dorm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, people can say what the, what they want to say about some of these small independent Bible colleges, but man, I experienced revival there like mm -hmm. I've never experienced it before, and especially that semester. I mean, I remember having prayer meetings. Like I'm not talking about you know like dry prayer meetings. These are like intense. Fervent. Yeah. Power of God. Prayer meetings. And I'll just never forget those days. And it was awesome. Yeah. And absolutely. I'm just so blessed uh, that, that God would allow our lives to cross paths and we can collaborate with some ministry. Um, so, praise the Lord. Now, what, what, are, what are some of the ministries that you've been involved with over the years since, you, since God called you to ministry and since you've been involved in Bible college? Yeah, the Lord's given us some great opportunity to, to serve in a number of uh, ways um, one of uh, the couple of them that really just would stand out in my memory I had an opportunity to be a custodian at a church mm. Worth Baptist Church Fort Worth Texas and I always kind of joked around with people and said that I was a minister to porcelain and, you know, <laughs> and, oh that's awesome but it was um, uh, I enjoyed it you know uh, 
it gave me a different uh, perspective on ministry, mm. and I wasn't just cleaning sinks, wiping off mirrors, mopping floors, you know, cleaning toilets. Uh, it was something different every week. I mean, sometimes we were out uh, with some lawn equipment helping mm -hmm. uh, uh, an elderly lady in the church take care of her yard. Wow. Uh, doing different things for the pastor, and it was a great help. Mm. And the Lord really used it in my life in, in different ways, and it grew me. Uh, and to sort of like be on staff at a church and and have work around some other great guys, godly men, uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. While I was there, I was sort of an assistant youth worker to the to the youth director, uh, Tyler Gillett, doing a great job. He's the pastor there of the church now, and. The Lord's really using him, his family uh, there. But I got to be an assistant to him and, and see the youth group grow, youth ministry grow. And uh, then we, Amen. I got to help uh, lead an evangelistic team one summer, um, just basically June through end of July, map out our town, gospel tracks, you know, try to knock on all the doors. And break. Which town was that in? At Jumping Branch. Okay, Cemetery. Summers County? Yeah, small West Virginia. Town. Yep. Okay. So I, I basically went from Fort Worth, Texas for a year, kind of a bigger city, back to a really small town where I grew mm -hmm. up. And so to experience polar opposites in one year, uh, great learning curve in life. But just see the people really embrace their community with the love of God in their hearts and present the gospel to people and mm. pray and great opportunity to serve be involved in that ministry I had an opportunity to be a program director at a youth camp mm. uh, for a summer which um, camp was that lake texoma baptist youth camp okay uh, that was back in texas uh, kind of the camp had been shut down for a while some people approached uh the ministry there to uh, temple baptist church to see if they're interested in, in mm -hmm. reviving the work there and we got to see that happen in the first summer on 52-acre piece of property. Over six or eight weeks of camp, we've seen um, close to 1,500 campers come through, many professions of faith, early, early mornings, like 4 o'clock in the morning, getting up to fix breakfast for 300 campers, and late nights, stuff breaking down. and uh, It was exciting. It was an adventure. It was a life of faith, working with lots of different personalities. Uh, but it was great. Um, and then sometime after that, the Lord put a desire in my wife and I's heart to go to England. Mm. And wow. To help with church planning there, camp ministry there. And uh, we worked an hour south of London in a city called Brighton. Uh, a little over 200,000 people in that city. Very, very, very diverse. You walk down the street, you'd hear somebody speaking in Spanish, Italian, mm. French. Sounds like a melting pot. Yeah, absolutely, yes. So we had uh, English classes there as an outreach tool. Um, and it was um, when I first approached like teaching English as, a, as an outreach ministry at a church, I wasn't that keen on it. I just I had a hard time getting excited. But after a couple weeks being there and really trying to create a family atmosphere with those people and them starting to understand some truths from scriptures, and seeing that Christ is the only way of salvation, mm. it really started to swell in my heart. Amen. So uh, really uh, thankful for those opportunities. That's awesome. How long were you in the United Kingdom? Uh, off and on. Uh, 
two and a half years, something like that. Not a long time, but, um, you know, being in a uh, European country, island nation, mm -hmm. a place that God had used in a mighty right. way. Um, you go there now, and, you know, it's just totally different than... Yeah, I know, like, uh, before we, you and I have talked in our, when we're, when we're hanging out and everything and fellowshipping about Brighton and your experience there, uh, tell, tell everybody about the, the, that bicycle ride that they have. I mean, I like to ride bikes, you like to ride bikes. Uh, tell everybody about that. Yeah, this um, Brighton, um, essentially anything goes there, wow. especially if it's in the name of charity. Mm. You know, if it's for a charitable organization, uh, raising money, doing whatever. Uh, so uh, while I was there, I think it was the summer of 2015, they had a completely naked bicycle ride. Oh, man. Uh, uh, you know, head that to is crazy. Yeah, head to toe. And it wasn't like two or three people signed up to ride through the town. How many people was it? Uh, from my understanding, it was several thousands. Thousands? People. Yes. Just so riding around naked? Yep, straight through wow. the city center. And, um, man. You know, the, the depravity of man mm. knows no limits. Wow. That's, you know, that's good right there. You see mm. in a city... Uh, like that you know, they desperately need the gospel but you know we live in the what we would refer to as the bible belt of america people mm -hmm. desperately need the gospel here and so um, now i know you were only there for about two years but um what was an average attendance like in your the chapel that you were in yeah the first sunday i preached there there was uh three three english people there okay and uh, so literally starting with a handful of people yeah, yeah, absolutely. There was, um, and one of those three people was a visitor, and she came a couple of times, but she had some, you know, doctrinal um, differences. Okay. And, um, you know, she went elsewhere where there's more, uh, more bells and flashes. And gotcha. All that sort of thing going <laughs> yeah. on. But anyhow, um, you know, we've seen some big days, uh, some big Sundays where we pushed, prayed hard, labored much, got the word out there. And you know, we'd see 35, okay. 40 people show up. Average attendance, uh, 15, okay. something like that. And then, you know, some days, 20, 25 people would be there. Wow. You know, when I think of that city, Brighton, that you're just describing, I can just imagine in my head going back into the Old Testament days of Abraham and Lot and Sodom and Gomorrah, and just imagine trying to start a work in that atmosphere. And that's probably as close as it's going to get to Brighton, would you say? Uh, for me, of what I've experienced from my life experience thus far, um, yes. Wow. Yeah. Mm. It's, um, you know, my, my wife would come back from her Sunday school route. We had what we would refer to as an evangelistic Sunday school. Okay. And she would come back from the route and she said, man, this guy was just standing out in the street naked or wow, I seen, seen this or that. and. Uh, you know, it's, it's there. Uh, a whole generation has been lost there mm. with, you know, uh, gospel influence, wow. teaching the word of God. Um, so it's you see it; it's evident. Mm. Well, now more than ever, do we need to get out in the highways and hedges and share the good news of Christ and how He can save us from our sins? Mm. Mm. Well, that's good. Well, thanks for sharing some of those preliminary things it's just really cool um but before we dive in what what 
I know you're in Brighton. I know you've done some of those other ministries with campus stuff, but what ministry are you in right now? Right now, I'm uh, essentially uh, full-time uh, evangelistic work and uh, itinerant work. I see personally see a little difference between um, being an evangelist mm -hmm. and an itinerant speaker. Okay. And uh, I think it's very clear there's, there's a difference between the two. Um, but that's, uh, that's what we're doing right now. We're okay. working on some special evangelistic events, meetings, working with churches, special outreach uh, endeavors. And then along the way with that, we have uh, an itinerant ministry where we would uh, travel to you know, um, several different churches in a month. And a lot of those meetings would be um, evangelistic, mm -hmm. you know, the message is, is, is evangelistic, you know, come to Jesus. Right. It's not come to a denomination, it's not right. come to a creed, a code, or a conduct, but it's mm -hmm. come to Christ. Amen. Um, so that's, that's, that's the work we're in right now. That's awesome. Yeah, well, may God's blessings be in your ministry, and if you're listening and you're involved in a work and you'd like to have uh, Brother Chase come out there and preach or serve, you know, he, he'd be, he would be honored to do that. And we'll talk about more of that later on. But now let's dive into how to evangelize in 2018. I've got just a few questions here that I would like to ask you, Brother Chase. And here, here's, here's the one I want to ask. How can we equip others for evangelism? On, uh, on some principles like this, I, I'm going to draw from what's helped me. Okay. So... You know, if I'm going to try to help equip somebody for um, biblical evangelism. Uh, one of the first go-to things is I, I want to teach them the life of Christ. Mm. Let's, let's look at Jesus. I like that. Mm -hmm. You know, let's walk through the scriptures here, seeing uh, how Jesus responded, you know, his actions, um, his prayer life, because evangelism is, is all-consuming mm. with Christ. His life, his ministry, and his motive was to glorify the Father, to please him in all things. Mm -hmm. And he's the only person that can say that I've, I've pleased the Father in, in every detail. Mm. Jesus never had to withdrew, withdraw one word um, that, that he would have. He never had an unrighteous anger. So, and, and when you get step out into evangelism, you're, you're going to have people from your own campground kind of throw a few hand grenades at you and you just got to be mm. dead to criticism. You know, you're here for Jesus. You're going to knock on doors and you're going to have people be very unkind. And so you, your motive, your mission is always there. I'm doing this for the Lord. Amen. Doing this for Jesus. Mm. So right straight to the life of the Lord Jesus. That's good. So he's in our example. Uh, uh, the book of Peter speaks about that. Uh, you know, he's he's our example. He's our leader. So let's go straight to the life of the Lord Jesus. Draw truths from his life. Hmm. He didn't come to reform Rome. Mm -hmm. He didn't come to, you know, just shut the mouths of all these bird brain alligator mouth Pharisees. Mm -hmm. You know, he came to glorify his Father. Hmm. So let's let's look at the life of the Lord Jesus. I like that. And you know, as you were sharing that, you were I was reminded of of Jesus' encounter with Nicodemus in John chapter three. And you know, his his approach of talking with him, he, he had a conversation and he said, You must be born again. Yes. And he talked about the the, the water and being born of the water, born of the spirit, 
we're not going to get into that, but a physical birth and a spiritual birth we got to have. Yes. And, man, that's just good. Jesus is our greatest example when it comes to sharing our faith. And I don't know if you've heard of these statistics before, but the first book I read on evangelism was my freshman year of undergraduate school. Um, I wasn't at Crown at the time. I was at another school. And it was a book on evangelism by, written by Alvin Reed. And he said 3 to 5% of Christians share their faith on a regular basis. Wow. Yeah. And that's just crazy. But, but yeah. what else were you going to say about that? Uh, well, the, um, in evangelism, uh, life, just generally speaking, is you have to, you have to determine not who you're going to be, but who you're going to follow. Mm. And if you decide, you determine by the grace of God, I'm going to follow Jesus and be a wholehearted follower of the Lord Jesus Christ then naturally out of following Jesus, you can't help but be a witness. Wow. Because following Jesus means that, you know, in the passage of Scripture and how we've been taught and uh, following Christ and fishing for men, mm. they go hand in hand. Mm. And so it's, it's a walk of obedience in the light of His Word. And as, and as you, you know, take that step of faith, it's not a leap into the dark by any mm -hmm. means, but it's a, a step in the light of God's word and mm. as you follow Jesus and get his heart his desire uh, you are going to have divine appointments uh, you should pray for them pray for divine appointments pray this week there's 168 hours in one week and uh, I think there's 8,760 hours in a year and as you go through life let's pray for divine appointments God mm. uh, lead me to that person that's hurting that's in need uh, today help me be aware you know it's just showing that uh, my, my home church back in west virginia this month is pressing forward with this thought i care mm. you know I, I let's genuinely care about people their souls uh, i know people need soup and soap but they need salvation yeah so salvation is a whole lot better than soup and soap yes amen <laughs> to that <laughs> all right that's good man um you know we hear a lot about these different evangelism courses. You go to Bible college, you go to seminary, and you have, you know, Evangelism 101 or whatever. You have all these books like Share Jesus Without Fear. You have The Way of the Master. You have Evangelism Explosion. You have all these books out there. But yeah, I agree with you wholeheartedly that, you know, it's far better to study the life of Christ and be equipped by him than to read some of these other books. See, all of these other books and these other courses might be helpful. But Jesus is our greatest source. So yeah. I appreciate you pointing that out. That's good. Yeah, absolutely. It's, you can take a course on biblical evangelism, witnessing, go through a six-week thing at your church, at a college, university, whatever. But just because you take that course, it doesn't make you an evangelist. That's right. It doesn't make you wow. a witness. I, what makes you an evangelist or a witness is putting it to practice. Mm. You know, if I go to um, uh, Diesel College in Nashville, Tennessee, and I go through the, the entire course, graduate with, you know, well-respected from the school and all that sort of thing, um, and, you know, I get a degree saying that I'm qualified or whatever uh, to be a diesel mechanic just because I went through that school, but I walk away from the school and I go to Louisiana and get me a fishing boat, 
you know, and I hit the waters. I'm I'm not a mechanic, you know. I'm mm-hmm. I'm out here on a fishing boat. Right. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sorry for the poor illustration, but you know, it's you got to put into practice what you're 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 learning. Absolutely, absolutely, man. Yeah. It's so true. Take the class, be engaged, involved, soak it up, but go do it. Translate your learning into your living. Amen. I like that. Now, before we move to the next question, is there anything else you want to share about equipping others for evangelism? Um, if you're teaching someone on evangelism, trying to help equip them, or you're being the one that's been taught, you're the disciple. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the thoughts um, to consider on that is how are you going to use the resources that God has given you? the gifts, the talents, essentially it boils down, um, are you going to be a faithful steward of what God has given you? Mm. Um, First thought on that is your time. How are you going to use your time? We made reference to time just a moment ago, but uh, your talents. Mm -hmm. What has God blessed you with, you know, a gift? Uh, You know, we understand there's some differences between talents and gifts, but how are you using those? God has equipped us all. You know, I know ladies that have a sewing ministry that has an, an evangelistic effort. Mm. Um, and I'm not saying that we're going to endorse, um, you know, like Christian prostitution. Or right, Christian, certainly. You know, all kinds of crazy yeah. stuff. So, hey, we're using this for evangelism. No, right, no, no. no. Uh, but the resources God has given you. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if, if you're... If God has given you something, use it for His glory. Amen. That that is a part, and that really starts going from being equipped to enlisting people in mm. a sense. You know, it's right on that borderline. But to challenge people, you own a company? Yeah, I own a landscaping company. Well, that's a resource that God can use. Mm. That's conduit for the message of the gospel. And so equipping people is helping them understand, realize the avenues to be a faithful witness. Um, I'm all for organized soul winning mm-hmm. efforts, you know, one day during the weekday or on Saturdays, but, um, you know, it's 24-7. It's a lifestyle. Yeah. It's not just an hour that we set aside every week or whenever. Exactly. It's a lifestyle to where wherever we are, whatever we're doing, we are living in obedience to God's commands, and then we are always ready to share and communicate the gospel. Amen. Absolutely. That's good. Well, that leads us to question number two that I want to ask you uh, concerning about evangelism. So we've looked at how to how do you equip others or how do we equip others for evangelism? But now let, let, let me ask you this one, Brother Chase. How do we enlist others for, for evangelism? Uh, enlisting, enlisting people. Uh, we talked briefly a moment ago about the, the resources. Um, but enlisting others, sometimes you have to help initiate the opportunities Mm. so i'm going to draw from life experience young boy 17 years old just gave up full-time racing a motorcycle i was getting paid to ride a dirt bike got everything for free i lived in california for a while texas florida all over the place and i've gave it up here i am back in jumping branch west virginia Mm. Uh, and man twice my age took an interest in me and he began to initiate opportunities for me to start getting involved Mm. started at a nursing home 
uh, just standing up, um, getting comfortable speaking in front of people, sharing prayer requests, bringing a, just a very brief message. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like I was up there preaching and I had a big congregation or anything like that. Right. But, uh, we made gospel tracks uh, in a Sunday school room in the church, and we're sh- cutting stuff and staple them. I mean, it was a just a ham job of a gospel track, but it, it had scripture in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, we took those gospel tracks that we'd cut in paper and stapled and went knocking on doors with it. Mm. And so enlisting people is helping initiate opportunities. And you may be a pastor of your church, you may be a youth director, an assistant, you may be a lay speaker, a Sunday school teacher, a father, a mother of children, uh, whatever your age and stage in life, and you want to try to help the cause of Christ, look for opportunities to initiate gospel opportunities. Mm. That's really good. Meet people right where they're at. Wow. We don't have to have and. And um, you know Billy Graham, the passing, and, right. uh, and you know his home going to heaven, and all that. Right now, we don't have to have a huge crusade. Mm-hmm. You know that's what people are looking for nowadays, in a sense. But where is we spoke earlier today? We're we're just the Edward Kimballs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bring that up on your phone and and share that with people. So everybody's heard of Billy Graham. But nobody's heard of this. What's this guy's name? Edward Kimball. Edward Kimball. I guarantee you that if you ask every church in America who was Edward Kimball, they would all say, no idea. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's for the most part, you know, except for some people that would have studied church history and some things, a lot of people wouldn't know of him. And this all just kind of come about. It was known before Billy Graham went home to be with the Lord. But uh, someone put a very um, professional-looking thing together Edward Kimball who is he I've never heard of him uh, but Edward Kimball was the man that uh, was used of God to lead D.L. Moody to the Lord and which D.L. Moody uh, had an impact on uh, Wilbur Chapman's life mm. and then he had an impact on Billy Sunday's life Wow! and through events and gospel meetings and different things and then Billy Sunday had an impact Mordecai Ham's life, mm. which then uh, impacted Billy Graham. Wow. And so a lot of people could say, yeah, I know about Billy Graham mm-hmm. or Dale Moody, but who's Edward Kimball? Mm. You know, not all of us are going to be a Billy Graham. Certainly. Not all of us are going to be a Dale Moody. That's right. But we can all be an Edward Kimball. Mm. Follow Jesus. And he was like a faithful Sunday school teacher or church worker, just a volunteer, right? Yeah, yeah, just faithfully didn't, you know, have some big badge of honor and mm-hmm. some prestigious position. He was just there, wow. faithful, week in, week out. That's super cool. And, you know, when we're talking about enlisting others, you know, Jesus said, you were referring to him as our example for being equipped for evangelism. But when Jesus said, he looked out to the harvest fields and said, the harvest truly is plenteous and the labors are few. So pray ye, therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he'd send labors out there. And, you know, I'm reminded, it's Billy Graham, you know, we bring him up. And back in the thir- 1930s, his dad allowed Mordecai Ham to use his farm, his property, for a place to host a tent meeting. And they prayed as they were leading up to the meeting. 
that God would raise up a soldier who would take the gospel to the ends of the earth. And God answered that prayer hmm. through Billy Graham. And so it's high time that yeah. we pray that God would raise up laborers in our churches, in our areas that we live, our counties, cities, um, our regions, and our entire nation and world. Absolutely. The, uh, I agree wholeheartedly. There's a great neglect of praying for laborers. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm all for praying for you know, the back that's hurting and the ingrowth toenail <laughs> and, you know, the exam is coming up and all that sort of thing. Uh, but in itinerant work, being in lots of churches, midweek meetings, all that type of thing, there's a great neglect of praying for spiritual things, of praying mm, for right. laborers. And so some people are like, Where, where's the next generation? And you're not, you're not even asking God for it. You're not mm. even praying for it. And so we've got to pray for laborers. Amen. Uh, and we've, we've got to be laborers ourselves. You know, when, we, when, when, the, when like the military, the army or the Marines or whatever branch, they go out and they try to enlist people in and they go and recruit. Hmm. And, I, you know, I feel like that instead of going out and trying to recruit people to become evangelists in our towns and in our churches, we'd be better off just to get on our knees and say, God, raise up some soldiers of the cross who will go out and take the gospel in our community. Yes, absolutely. And the mm. get getting on our knees before God, bombarding heaven, praying, because it's it's a request that that Jesus gave us. And right, we need laborers. You know, where is where's the greatest number of people meeting weekly? Monday through Friday from roughly 7.45 to 3 o'clock all throughout America. Oh, man, it's the schools. Public schools. Mm -hmm. And I know lots of people who profess to be Christians who teach, or not teach, but act as if the public school system is totally um, shut off to us. Mm. <coughs> They act like it's a closed country, right? Uh, but we have a great uh, open door. We do, and That's right, right there is where you can initiate an opportunity mm -hmm. as a leader in a local church. Uh, the public school system—they're your friends, mm -hmm. not our enemies, right? And so you team up with them. You don't push political agendas and right. all kinds of crazy stuff. You come in there with the love of God in your heart, the Bible in your hand. And present to those young people gospel truth, Amen. Jesus Christ, and His sinless, spotless life, <coughs> died on the cross, buried, rose again the third day, is alive mm -hmm. forevermore, and the gospel will work. And so we we've we've got to we've got to get in it. You got all these Christians that are complaining. Well, they took God out of our schools, and they quit praying in schools, and the mm -hmm. Ten Commandments are no longer allowed. Well, some of those same Christians, I want to say to them, recite the Ten Commandments to me. Yeah, <laughs> I probably can't even name five of them. Yeah. Um, well, where's, where's the prayer in your home? Wow. Wow. Now, I'm not talking about just praying over your meal, your right. groceries. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm talking about this, this, this truth here, mm -hmm. raising up labors and initiating gospel opportunities to help people get involved. Mm. Amen.
Now, before we move on to the next question, is there anything else you'd like to share about enlisting others for evangelism? Uh, initiating uh, and enlisting people, um, not, not necessarily. It's just, just doing it. Yeah, just getting out there, praying, and putting footsteps to our prayers. Yeah, it doesn't require you to be a um, rocket science, door-to-door, mm -hmm. -door, um, ba uh, basketball court, um, post office. I mean, just meet people where, where they're, they're at. at. That's good. I like it. That's good stuff. All right, so we talked about equipping others for evangelism, for enlisting others for evangelism. But now, let me ask you this one. How do we encourage others in evangelism? Encouraging. That's, um, that's a big word that gets tossed around in our generation in, in such a huge way because there's uh, so much of an emphasis from the world uh, self-esteem, self-promotion, self, 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 self. And when you think about encouraging somebody, uh, you you don't want to just be there. I mean, be there for, you know, their head to rest on your shoulder, all that sort of thing. But <clears throat> when you think about encouraging people, encouraging them in the Lord. Mm. Encourage them in the Lord. You know, this is God's work. We've got to do it God's way. Mm. Now, there's some practical things on that in, uh, as far as encouraging people. One of the things that's attractive um, to this work or that's going to encourage people is more people being equipped and enlisted. Because say you, you show up for some sort of gospel opportunity, whatever the case may be, three people show up. And let's, uh, nothing against uh, the older generation, but let's just say two of them's 68 years old and mm -hmm. you got your, your one guy that shows up or one lady and, and uh, they're in their mid-40s. Okay. And you're thinking, wow, uh, this, this guy's on a cane. This mm -hmm. guy can't hardly hear. Mm -hmm. And me and this other individual. And I've been in those cases. Sure. Uh, over in England. Yeah. And... But you remind yourself the Lord's faithful. He is faithful. He's all-knowing. He's all-powerful. Mm -hmm. And But you do not quit because it's God's work. Mm. You go out with them and you pray, and but you come back the next week. Maybe it's the same organized soul-winning effort and more people show up. Mm. That encourages those people that showed up last week. Mm. And so one of the things that's encouraging is seeing more people get involved. Um, you know, enthusiasm is contagious. So uh, let, me, let me correct that. Spiritual enthusiasm mm. is contagious. Like it's not just enthusiasm, but spiritual enthusiasm. And so encouraging people is to see more people equipped, enlisted, will help encourage those that are already after it. But encourage them, remind them, it's the Lord's work. Let's do God's work, God's way. It's His That's mission, good. not our mission. It was here before we got here, and it's going to be here when we're gone. That's true. So encourage them in the Lord. And, you know, we've all been discouraged when we're out witnessing. I mean, I remember back in Bible college, I was studying at a college up north, um, not at Crown at the time, 
But uh, I, me and my soul winning partner, we were out knocking on doors. Our bus captain gave us a, a whole section of the neighborhood to go to, and we were just pounding the doors, you know, door-to-door evangelism. And we get up to this one house, and we knock on the door, and it was my turn. And I said, hey, so-and-so, my name's Brian. I'm from this church, and we just want to give you this flyer and this track and wanted to invite you to church. And he opened that door, and he said, well, you're nothing but a blankety blank, 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 <laughs> bigot. And I said, well, have a nice day, sir. If you change your mind, let us know. And we rushed back up to the car, and, man, we were just discouraged. And, and we went over to McDonald's and got us some ice cream. And, man, we were just down in the dumps. Mm-hmm. And so we've all been discouraged when we're out witnessing. And so I think one of the greatest things that we can do is share those experiences with others who are discouraged to let them know, hey, you're not the only one who's hit a roadblock when you're out witnessing. Absolutely. Um, one of the other things to encourage people along the way is uh, missionary biographies. Mm. Uh, you know, this this week, I just got uh, a bit more acquainted with Jim Elliott and okay. Nate Saint and and those guys that were dealing with uh, that very violent uh, group in Ecuador. Um, but uh, and there's countless others of missionaries out there, evangelists, people that went through very dry seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but nevertheless, you keep keep uh, planning. So missionary biographies, evangel- uh, evangelists. Those are inspiring. Absolutely. Um, share stuff from your own life, events, things that took place. This is how God worked. We thought we were at a dead end, a dry pond, and man, we just it was an awful detour of what we thought was going on, but it was the Lord mm. doing a dynamic work. Um, one of the other things that's going to encourage people is the leader or the supposed leader leading by example. Oh, yeah. Mm. You know, it's it's one thing to be a pulpiteer for right. it, but it's another thing to lead by example. Mm. And so, you know, I think that's one of the great differences, you know, in, in early stages of, of America, uh, you know, George Washington, man, he was out there with those guys. Mm-hmm. You know, he was praying with his troops. He was, yeah. He was out there. I mean, he was leading by example. Mm-hmm. Um, and just uh, so many, so Abraham Lincoln, you know, they, I remember a story about him was, you know, there was lots of fighting, all kinds of stuff obviously going on in his presidential, uh, when he was a president. But he was, he was going to make a statement to the people, I'm not afraid. And he, he stood right out at the tip of the boat whenever they were coming into a harbor somewhere. He was completely vulnerable to the opposition that was against him. Mm. But he was out there, and it made a statement to all the people, he's, he's not afraid. And I believe that was all very deeply rooted in his, his, his fear of God rather than mm. his fear of man. So lead by example. That's good. Now, before we move on to the next question, you have any? Do you have anything else you'd like to share about encouraging others in evangelism? Uh, lead by example. Encourage them in the Lord. Uh, help bring other people along so he encourages those that are already being involved. And uh, be uh, be respectful of people's home life and their time. Okay. 
you know, because sometimes you're really wanting to get it done. Right. I'm speaking more to church leaders mm -hmm. on this thought. Um, we do live in a, a busy world, but Jesus took time as he was going in the way. Mm -hmm. he, he had time for people. But, you know, um, when you have organized soul winning efforts, 10 o'clock on Saturday, you know, as a pastor, you've had a busy week. You've been to the hospital. You've been to the nursing home. Mm -hmm. You've preached funerals. You've counseled. You've worked on the calendar. You've had a busy week. Mm -hmm. um, but that mom and dad that's raising three children that work, both of them are working. Mm -hmm. Children in school, man, they they went to town Monday through Friday. And uh, I want to I want to respect. You know their 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 time at home. That's so, good. You know, at ten o'clock on Saturday. Um, you know, don't don't be too aggressive with people. Mm -hmm. uh, find ways to attach uh, evangelistic efforts with stuff that's already taken place in the life and ministry of your church. Mm. And I think that's one thing that will help people get in, be encouraged because, um, you know, it's different times in life it's very difficult to get the family out there 10 o'clock Sunday morning and uh, you know they've worked hard all week and right you know they think well if I'm not there the pastor's going to wonder what in the world's going on in my life mm -hmm. and so uh, just be courteous of that I think that's good we got to be mindful of, of the people we're overseeing and not to be too pushy or too forceful with any of that stuff, but it still encouraged them to share the gospel on a regular basis. That's good. Yeah, if you're going to have evangelistic efforts through your church and have have two or three different opportunities, uh, it doesn't always have to be a collective thing. I, I think a lot of our evangelism should be organized through the Sunday school mm. because that, if you, you've got age groups in the Sunday school and you've got it broke down that way mm -hmm. so let's if you have a young couples class let's take that young couples class to organize evangelistic efforts through that that Sunday school class you know follow up you know because that age group is really going to appeal to that age group um, and it, if you go out if that Sunday school class says hey you know what we're going to meet at 5.30 on Wednesdays, mm -hmm. an hour and a half before our 7 o'clock service, and go out for one hour. Mm. You know, they, they've already been out working all day. They can grab some quick dinner. They can meet and go out, uh, do some evangelistic work, and then be back at church at 7 o'clock and report in Sunday school on Sunday morning. That's solid. This is what the Lord's doing. That's a really good idea. So that's good. Well, let me ask you this. What are... What are some passages of Scripture that inspire you to share your faith? Yeah, well, Romans uh, chapter 1, verses 14, 15, 16. Uh, I've actually I've, I've preached a lot, especially when I was on deputation going to England. It's just mm -hmm. something near and dear to my heart. It seemed like the Lord um, continued to sh show me uh, things from those three verses. And it's so amazing how much is it just in in three verses of Scripture, mm. and through the life of the Apostle Paul, uh, through the life of the Lord Jesus, uh, those those three verses, uh, Paul said, "I'm ready to preach the gospel. Yeah, I'm coming to Rome. Uh, the 
the gospel is the power of God. There's no boundaries. There's no borders. There's no fences. It doesn't matter who they are, where they're from, what they've done. The gospel's for them. Now, are they going to get saved? I don't know. You know, they, if you present the gospel to them. You know, and, and the Lord convicts of sin, righteousness, and judgment. And, and But, it, you know, I didn't get saved the first time I heard the gospel. That's true. Yeah. It was 12 years of my life. Most people don't. So, um, you know, those are some verses. Uh, Luke chapter 24, verses 46 through 48. Now, one reason those, uh, that, those few verses um, have helped me is because Jesus tells his disciples, you're going to begin first here at Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. This is the beginning place. Mm-hmm. There's no place to end there's a place to begin mm. and when he said that i imagine peter one of those disciples saying lord you want us to begin right here in jerusalem they just crucified you here you want you mean you want me to go talk to those roman soldiers that put that crown of thorns upon your brow and put a spear in your side and drove uh, uh, nails in your feet and hands and these guys beat you and whipped you and your flesh was hanging out and you're bleeding mm. and humiliated before man you Mm. want me to begin here in jerusalem Mm. and so you know we can draw some principles from that you know begin at home people want to talk about world evangelism but they won't even go across the street and talk Mm. to their neighbor yeah that's good that's right so that's so true that's challenging to me oh absolutely very challenging Uh, the life of noah old testament okay the imagination firing of men were continually evil, mm. but yet he was a preacher of righteousness. Wow. Preached for all those years mm-hmm. and just seen his family get on the ark of salvation. Mm-hmm. God shut the door, sealed them in, shut the water out. They were mm. saved through the whole storm and brought out on the other side. Mm. Um, life of David mm. um, that all the earth may know. And as you see, uh, a young man that's been anointed king of Israel and he doesn't know all that's going to befall him in just a few short days after taking off the giant's head. Uh, But his motive Mm. that, you know, that God would be glorified, that really helped me. Nehemiah Mm. uh, returning back to Jerusalem and the walls burnt, the city lying in... you know, waste and right. ruin. It's all a reproach to God. Right. You know, the walls are torn down in our society. They are. And there's so much sin and knowing that there's a work to be done. Mm. And in Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 16, it says the enemies, the opposition, the opposers realized, understood, and knew that this work was wrought of God. Mm. So we think about evangelism. The work has to be of God. So knowing what God wants us to do and when to do it and how to do it, why to do it, and all that sort of thing, keep it in perspective. That's good. Those are some awesome pastor scripture and some of those characters. So thanks for sharing that. That's, that's inspiring. It's inspiring me to go out and share my faith more. That's awesome. Now, what are some parting tips or some final thoughts that you would like to share with the listeners before we yeah. say goodbye? The, a lot of people find it uh, very intimidating to speak to someone else about their faith. And it's not faiths with an S. It's there, there's one faith, 
that we're to earnestly contend for. And not to be contentious, but to contend for. Mm. The moment you make the word faith plural, it loses its validity. Mm. So you are contending for the faith, uh, and people get intimidated by that. But just simply tell other people what Jesus has done for you. Amen. They cannot argue the changed life. Mm. When you're sharing with somebody your testimony, which is a powerful tool, you do not glorify sin, but you make much of Jesus. Amen. So when you're witnessing, you're evangelizing, getting after it, mm-hmm. uh, you're just simply praising Jesus to other people. And this is what the Lord's done in my life. You know, I was born in this world and there was days I thought I had it all figured out and I was going to be rich and famous or I was going to live a comfortable life and all that sort of thing. But I realized, and I'm a sinner. I heard gospel preaching. I heard gospel truth. And I realized that God's love is perfect. Uh, It's powerful. And as I read the word of God, I realized God's love was permanent and he's Mm. going to, he loves me unconditionally. He loves me sacrificially. And I received, Lord Jesus Christ, the great gift of salvation. Amen. And let me tell you, he's been faithful. And just walk through your testimony. Praise Jesus to someone else. That's good. You don't have to know what hyperstatic union is. <laughs> yeah. To speak to <laughs> yeah, you don't. <laughs> you yeah. know. Um, you don't have to have the Greek New Testament memorized. Right, yeah. That's yeah. good. So. That's great. That's great parting tips. That's awesome. So if you're listening today, I want to challenge you after you finish listening to this episode, to go share your faith with one person. Uh, you have a friend, you have a family member, you have an acquaintance, you have a coworker, you have somebody that you could t- go and share the gospel with them. Offer to buy them a cup of coffee or go to Starbucks or a coffee shop or something and just share your faith with them. And I'd love to hear about it. Feel free to email me and tell me about it. And one more question for you. Brother Chase, how can the listeners get in touch with you if they have questions or would like to reach out to you? Uh, email address is uh, victorymxschool at gmail.com. Victorymxschool uh, at gmail.com. MX stands for motocross. A lot of people kind of look at me funny like, what's MX? But victorymxschool at gmail.com. Uh, that's the email address. Uh, phone number uh, is 304 304- Six six one six one three nine, and uh, I work alongside uh, Scott Polly, who's another mm-hmm. evangelist, itinerant right. speaker, and I'm just kind of an associate, not an assistant, but an associate. And we, I guess per se, tag team um, some events and meetings together, and pray together, and talk about things, and and it's an encouragement, you Amen. know, to have someone else in, in the same line of work and. Uh, some road trips together every now and then. That's good. Uh, but that's uh, cell phone, 304-661-6139. Email victorymxschool at gmail.com. And uh, those are ways to get a hold of us. We work. Uh, we're out of the Cranberry Baptist Church in Beckley, West Virginia, Pastor Roger Polly, And uh, very much involved in the local church and what's taking place there and, and then also outside of there. That's awesome. Well, if you're listening and you want to reach out, maybe have them come out to your church or ministry or your youth group or whatever, uh, reach out to them by phone or email, and you will not be disappointed. 
And until next time, may God richly bless you with a great week. And thanks for tuning on, tuning in to Jumpstart Your Faith podcast channel. God bless you. Hey, guys, thanks so much for tuning in to the Jumpstart Your Faith podcast channel. As a token of my appreciation for you listening today, I would like to give you my free ebook devotional called Jumpstart Your Faith 30 Days to a Renewed Faith in Christ. Just go to www.pastorbrianratliff.com to download it. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast channel to listen to more messages like today's. And if these messages have been helpful to you, please leave a review. If I could be of any help in your spiritual walk, please let me know by emailing me at pastorbrianratliff at yahoo.com. And one last thing, if you're in Roanoke, please consider joining us for one of our worship services at Clearbrook Baptist Church. Until next time, may God's blessings be upon you and have a great week.